Good morning again. Um, I'm going to be speaking this morning um, about a couple of things. Um, it's a continuation of actually something we talked about in a talk back a, a few weeks ago, which I'll talk about again in a second, but um, black and white thinking and having your mind change. Like these are the things that have been on my mind that I wanted to bring to you today. And, and it's also on my mind when I was thinking in my seat that I wanted to make this comment. Um, I've been visiting with you guys now for almost a year and a half. Um, and this is the second Sunday where I've been to church in the last two years where I wasn't wearing a mask and other people weren't wearing a mask. So the, uh, the nuanced here is that, first of all, for those who are wearing masks, I honor your choice to do so and, and don't want to be flippant about that at all. I highly respect it and still feel a little uncomfortable not doing it myself. But also, I didn't know what a lot of y'all look like because <laughs> maybe you don't speak very often in church or, or, you know, so I haven't seen you without your masks off. And I just wanted to say, like, it's really... Lovely to see you, that's all. But again, holding space for those who are wearing masks, 100% honor that. I just, I felt called to, to call it out because it makes me smile. Um, so, I want to start off my talk this morning with a thank you. Um, you all probably remember when I started visiting you that every Sunday when we approached the talkback portion of the service, I would make some joke about how nervous I was or how weird it felt as I walked over to this chair. Um, I even started making jokes about when I would stop making comments about how weird it felt to go to the chair. Um, but eventually my nerves about that part of your ritual subsided and they were replaced by a genuine happy anticipation of our time in conversation. And this had to do with getting to know you better and getting to know more of what to expect. Um, so I became less nervous. Um, but also, I started to look forward to the talkbacks as a time where, as the result of our discussion and your comments and feedback, seeds would be planted for my own inner life and growth. So for that, I want to say thank you. The fourth principle of Unitarian Universalism calls us to partake in a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The last time I was with you during the talk back, I ended up describing my own struggle with black and white thinking or binary thinking, which I found at times to be a personal roadblock on my own path towards discovering and embracing new truths. What I was describing then was my tendency, which I do believe to be born from my early religious upbringing, to perceive right and wrong on most topics as absolute rather than nuanced. All of my adult life, I have found it difficult to grow beyond an all or nothing stance on something. Either I'm all in or I don't participate. I have to feel fully comfortable and authentic if embracing a new teaching or a new idea. So the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater, maybe 100% of the time, unless I take a deep breath and try to consciously look on all sides of something new that doesn't initially ring those bells of this is true or this is right in my heart. So I'll give you an example. Um, most Sundays when I'm speaking to you here or when I'm with other congregations, almost every single time I have the honor of being in a pulpit, you will hear some hint or flavor of Buddhist philosophies in the ideas that I'm sharing. Buddhist teachings and the space they have given me to exist in liminal space have been life-changing for me. But it took years of inner struggle to finally feel comfortable understanding that I have full permission to part and parcel what I take from the Buddhist teachings. 
When I first started learning about presence, mindfulness, non-attachment, etc., I began to experience a new inner freedom that I'd never felt before. And so I started to wonder, early on in my study, which was before I'd ever visited a UU church, by the way, that I might end up wanting to fully identify as a Buddhist. And maybe I could find a Buddhist community or Sangha to join. But my struggle with fully jumping in, even with all of the peace and joy that I was finding in my study, was with the fact that I did not, nor did I see myself ever being able to hold a belief in reincarnation. In those days, I was pretty hard and fast with my disbelief in any kind of supernatural realm or afterlife, any belief in an interventionist God, afterlife, or plane of existence outside of the one I was living in was like anathema to me, like, don't talk to me about it. So with Buddhism, I was, the place I was in my journey was these teachings about presence and mindfulness are incredible and I want them in my life and I think I might be a Buddhist, but also what I understand is that Buddhists believe in reincarnation and I do not, so I cannot be, and it just was like, done. Like, I can't, I can't, I have to walk away. Um, the more I studied the millennial old tradition, the more I felt like I couldn't identify with it. Um, so if I were to remain authentic and true to myself, then like I said, I had to walk away. I've softened since then in ways you may have already perceived and in ways I'll describe a little bit more here, but just recounting how binary my thinking was then makes me want to sigh and like shake my head a little bit. I feel sympathy for that person that I was, and honestly, that same person who still takes up space within me, who is so concerned with being truthful and authentic that they're willing to walk away from something that gives them peace out of fear of being inauthentic in some way. I worry I'll come off as deceitful or two-faced somehow. This person who feels like changing their mind is somehow changing their identity, of giving up some part of themselves that they've previously held dear. Like, that's the person I kind of want to embrace now and tell them it's okay. And she's in there somewhere too, so it's okay. As I mentioned, it was just after my initial struggle over adopting a Buddhist identity that I found my way into a Unitarian Universalist church for the first time. And I had that oh-so-familiar experience of, one, shaking in my Sunday shoes as I entered the sanctuary and took a seat, and two, starting to cry almost as soon as the service started because I began to realize I had found a place where maybe all of me might be welcome. All of me, including these complicated and tangled-up beliefs. Because along with holding these kind of rigid and black and white ways of thinking around my belief systems, I've also always been a person who was pretty resistant to having my beliefs changed in any way. To suddenly let go of a belief or comfortably declare that I saw something in a new way felt like announcing to the world not necessarily that I had been wrong before, but instead that I had been lazy in my belief before or that changing my mind to bring up that dreaded boogeyman of my inner life again was recognizing that I'd been living inauthentically. My search for truth and meaning carried with it a lot of self-judgment and subconscious requirements to get it right that truly held me back from expanding my mind and my heart and ultimately claiming more freedom for myself. Maria Popova is the author of the book Figuring and the publisher of a beautifully enriching literary blog, Brain Pickings, which I'm guessing some of you may have read before. She describes my resistance and my predicament with change beautifully in this writing. So I'll quote her here. 
The fact that we humans have such a notoriously hard time changing our minds undoubtedly has to do with the notion that human beings are works in progress that mistakenly think they're finished, which belies the great robbery of the human experience. Excuse me. By calling ourselves beings, we deny our ever unfolding becomings. Only in childhood are we afforded the luxury of inhabiting our becoming. But once forced to figure out who we want to be in life, most of us are so anxious about planting that stake of being that we bury the alive, active process of our becoming. In our rush to arrive at who we want to be, we flee from the ceaseless mystery of our becoming. And she continues, to show up wholeheartedly for our becoming requires doing one of the hardest things in life. Allow the possibility of being wrong and incur the anguish of admitting that error. It requires that we grieve every earlier version of ourselves and endure the implicit accusation that if the way we do a certain thing now is better than before, then the way we did it before is not only worse, but possibly, and this is invariably crushing, even wrong. The uncomfortable luxury of changing our mind is thus central to the courage of facing our becoming with our whole being. I'm gonna read that last part again. The uncomfortable luxury of changing our mind is thus central to the courage of facing our becoming with our whole being. I love that switch in perspective. From having a resistance or fear of changing our mind or having our mind changed to identifying the experience as a luxury. That's a magical way to put it. Changing your mind is a luxury. We have the freedom to change our minds. To do so is welcoming becoming our whole selves. We do not lose anything by changing our mind. We gain more, we expand, we find more of ourselves. This isn't something to be feared. This is something to be sought after, something to value, something to celebrate. I do believe that it was a combination of discovering Unitarian Universalism, or Unitarian University, as my four-year-old is calling it. I know she's not the first one, but still it like delighted me. Um, it was becoming UU and being in discussion with other UUs, along with years of participating in cognitive behavioral therapy, and also probably just age and life experience that allowed me to start to relax this way of holding my beliefs. Once I found myself in a community that embraced and encouraged a pluralism of belief, my edges started to soften. Once I found myself presented with more and more ways of doing and being, I began to slowly accept the reality that there is more nuance to most things than there isn't. As a UU, I am surrounded by people who make a spiritual practice out of changing their mind, out of learning something new and allowing it to transform their thinking. And somehow, magically, that experience has stopped becoming something I resist and has started being something that I not only enjoy, I seek it out. Recently, I was in conversation with a new coworker. She'd been working with us for a couple of months and we had pleasantries, you know, we'd been working in some pretty hard stuff together. So we were on a business trip after delivering some hard news to people because it's that season in corporate land. Um, we were in the car and somehow, I don't remember how, she brought up her love for, you know, uh, I would say they're self-help gurus, but Brene Brown is very much a professional in her field. But she brought up Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle and how much she loves them. And I was like, okay, we can speak the same language together, right? Like the energy between us shifted. 
And we started talking about what we learned from them and their podcasts and all of these things. And I told her that because of the way that Brene Brown spoke about and emphasizes the importance of vulnerability, I started to learn more about what it meant to be vulnerable to having my heart changed. And during this conversation with my coworker, I heard myself speaking with this passion about how much I love changing my mind at this point in my life. And I almost laughed out loud at myself as I said it because like, it's true. I used to hold my beliefs as gospel and require some sort of litmus test around infallibility when it came to accepting new ways of thinking. And now I look forward wholeheartedly to having the script flipped on me. I can't remember exactly when this changed for me, but it's true. And now that I recognize this love in myself, I equate it to the unmatched value I place on my own inner freedom. Robbie was talking about the free church, like this value that I have on this freedom of choice in my being. The experience of having something explained to me in a way that shifts my thinking and ultimately my understanding feels like having an itch scratched that I couldn't soothe in any other way. I call these moments of coming into new understanding light switch moments, right? Or as I learned about them when studying theater or acting, they're aha moments. But now they feel like more than that to me. They feel like direct experiences with the divine more than they feel like something to be feared. They are these before and after moments. I'm walking around carrying a certain perspective or way of believing and then I experience something that shifts things for me. And now I have a choice. I can either reject this new idea, however much it excites me, in order to stay true to who I think I am and keep some sense of stasis, or I can say yes to this newfound invitation to something new. I'll give you an example. And this one started really small, but actually became fairly momentous in my life. So a big part of my spiritual journey has been the biggest one, maybe, for a lot of us. At least it was for me. And it's been about the fact that as a child and growing into an adult, I blindly accepted a belief in God, to then struggling to find that belief as something core to myself, I wasn't sure about it anymore, <laughs> to then outright and passionately rejecting any belief in God, to eventually opening my heart to a curious and loving state of, I think there might be, but I don't know. It's been a wild ride, like to say the least, especially in the last 20 years. And it's the shift from no, absolutely not, there is no God, to I can't deny the possibility, which again for me is personal, that I will describe here. All of the switches have been light switch moments, but the last one is the one that I feel like finally got me out of like a binary way of thinking about it. For several years, um, I'd felt good and solid about my atheism. I felt comfort in it. I carried a deep sense of freedom with it as well. I was unburdened, I was clear and confident, and I enjoyed this way of being very much. It was a very healthy and healed way of being for me at that time. There was this random morning, I was out for a run on the greenway in my neighborhood, experiencing that lovely cognitive dissonance that comes from parking your car in an urban parking lot <laughs> to suddenly being in the woods. Um, like I didn't, it's like you forget all the time that it's right there. It was early in the morning, the weather was neutral, very pleasant. It was that golden part of the light in the morning and I was at the part of the Couch to 5K that I've been starting and stopping for the last eight years, where my running sprints were just now longer than my walking ones, right? So I'm feeling really good about myself because I'm feeling that shift in my body. 
And I was doing this, I was running, I was listening to a podcast, I don't remember what it was, but I know that it was like voice speaking to me as I was, as I was running. And I was trotting down this paved path, and all of a sudden something caught in my vision that startled me. But it was the simplest sight, like it wasn't a strange thing that I saw, but something just caught my eye. It's so common that I normally wouldn't even think to examine it further, but in this moment, this image stuck in my mind and instantly started trying to change me. And then I had to decide if I was going to let it. It was so simple. It was like a beam of sunlight hitting a spot on a leaf where there was this perfect, perfectly red and symmetrically spotted little ladybug just sitting on this like branch with a leaf on it that just like, as I was going past, it just like caught my eye and then I was like, whoa. And I don't even think noticing it ever would have struck anyone else in the way it struck me in this exact moment. And I don't know why I did. I've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of ladybugs in my life. But what I saw in that moment was a perfectly designed creature in a perfectly serene moment of beauty. And as I ran past it, and it stuck in my mind, I had this overwhelming sense of, oh, no, there is a god. Like, ugh, no. Like, it just, like, came over me. And, like, I didn't talk to anybody about it because I was like, I'm an atheist and, like, super proud of it. But I was like, so, it was like something opened a door. Oh, see, I'm glad the laughter, because it was dramatic, because it was just like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, I think that's the first time I've cussed in your pulpit. I'll try not to do it again. Um, it was completely unwanted. Like, I did not want to change my mind about this. I wasn't interested in exploring and what the existence of such a deity meant for my life, especially the life that I was leading now after an exodus from Christianity, which was also fairly dramatic. But as random as it was, it was this undeniably large moment for me. And my mind's eye could not look away. It was like just like sitting there in the back of my mind. Like the question had been asked, and I had to figure out if I was going to try and answer it, and if so, how. I could either remain in my tendency now to view things in a black and white way. Am I going to go from there is no God to there is a God because of the ladybug? Or, like... Am I going to soften? Am I going to allow for both and? Can I stop demanding an absolute truth or a purity of belief in myself in this moment? Can I allow myself to be open to another possibility? Can I just change my mind to allow for nuance here, for a new way of being and understanding, and a space for even the not knowing as well? That experience was years ago now. And the miracle of the story for me is that I have not ever landed on an answer. There is no binary for me personally is there isn't there answer to this question. I have been blessed with growth into a place where I hold the not knowing and the tendency towards believing with love and without demanding anything more from myself. As it stands now, my personal belief slash disbelief in God feels more like a both and, as I mentioned, but also a trailhead that leads to some unknown and amazing territory whenever I decide it's the right time to walk down it. I never would have had that experience and the translation of that experience and the holding of the not knowing and the okay with both if it weren't for becoming you, you and for understanding that it was okay and welcome to sit in a multitude of beliefs. My past and still inherent tendency to stand firmly in what I know is very much a part of me. 
But what I've come to understand and even cherish now is that learning something new and expanding my belief isn't to be feared, and it isn't a hallmark of inconsistency or lack of authenticity. Instead, it is something to be looked for, open to, and even sought after. Because to change one's mind, as Maria Popova indicated, is to continue becoming more whole. To change one's mind is to remember that we are alive and free. To change our mind is to open our hearts and draw our circle wider, to include more and more people whose experiences and ways of understanding are different than ours. Beloveds, what I have come to understand is this. To change one's mind is holy. I'd like to close in the spirit of prayer with these words from Lynn Cox. Creative spirit, source of life and love, we give thanks for the beauty of this day and for the company of those assembled here. Thank you for the breezes of change, clearing our heads and bringing fresh ideas. May they cleanse our minds of the oppressions and isms that divide us. Thank you for the flame of hope, the heat of righteous anger, the warmth of compassion and the fire of commitment. May they bubble at the cauldrons of transformation. Thank you for oceans of love, rivers of connection, tears of relief, pools of serenity. May healing waters flow over us and through us and among us, wearing down the sharp rocks of despair to bring joy in the morning. Thank you for the good earth beneath us, around us, and within us. May we take this clay and co-create a new realm of justice and beauty. Thank you for all these and more. We accept our gifts and commit to building, sculpting, painting, singing, changing, and dancing them to life, to abundant life. So be it. Blessed be. Amen. <laughs>